0: Warning, this podcast contains spoilers, but you shouldn't care. Welcome to Hey James, Watch This! A Celebration of Mediocrity. In this, and indeed every episode, Russ and Fry will try to convince their friend James why he should watch an absolutely unnecessary film. Hey James, Watch This! Hi everybody, welcome to Hey James, Watch This! I am James.
1: I'm
2: Russ!
0: And I'm Fry!
2: And today we gotta talk about... We couldn't become adults. Couldn't they? I'm going to say that we were both right about this one. <laughs> I was both bored and touched Aww. because it is kind of a nice Yeah. I wouldn't necessarily I wouldn't really call it a romance. It's about romance, but it's not a romance.
1: Both bored um, and touched, like watching Lady in the Tramp.
2: Yeah, there were yeah, there were a couple <laughs> of moments that kind of hit me in the feels. Or porn. But most of it was just a total snooze. So is what it is. There you go.
1: We still need to fit in that porn version of Cinderella. I like, really don't want to watch that. I one. don't know. I, I think it has I, legs. Well, it, I mean, it has I, quite a lot of legs, but...
0: <laughs> I mean, if, if you're going for an unnecessary movie, I don't see how a porn of Cinderella could possibly fit in. Like, that's a work of cinematic, cinematic masterpiece.
2: Cinemastic? <laughs> I, yeah, I petition to make
1: cinemastic words. a word.
2: Does that mean uh, someone who chews on film?
1: A, uh, an actor who chews the scenery and overacts? A cinemastic?
0: Ah, that works. That works. Well, see, I was I was actually thinking of of kind of a critic who just makes their living talking about films. Uh, they don't actually create any themselves. They just chew the film. I don't know
2: head. anyone like that.
0: <laughs> it is us. We're the cinemastics. We don't make a living oh. doing this. You, you, oh, I'm. I've been keeping all the money. I was supposed to pay you guys.
1: Well, I am going to tip my hand. It is not a mockumentary. It is a docu-docu-documentary. Yeah, You're going to learn something about some real people who make a lot of terrible decisions, just like every (laughs) best documentary there ever was.
0: goodness! Russ chose this, I assume, only because it's about Canadians. Uh, No Americans have ever done anything like
1: this. This is truly a tale that could have happened anywhere and definitely has. (laughs) But uh, before we get to that, we have to untitled some text. And the scores are Fry 20 and James 16. Now, since I didn't think y'all would know a lot of documentaries... Right, maybe March of the Penguins, Supersize Me. (laughs) I've actually never seen
0: Supersize Me. I've seen. Can anyone name uh, a third? Book AlphaGo, the one Netflix made about Go. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Hackers, I believe, was a documentary. Uh,
2: I've seen documentaries too numerous to count, but they all have you know it's all nature stuff. (laughs) No, and and no memorable titles. Yeah, titles are pretty good. 70% of them were hosted by Richard Attenborough.
1: So here is the best part. What I'm going to do for this is I'm going to give you the title of a documentary. Ah. Now, if either of you can just guess what this might be about, (coughs) you'll get the point.
0: (laughs) Okay. Excellent. So
1: now, don't just blurt. Each of you is only going to get one. So, like, if I said something like good year and you were like the blimp and you were like tires and i'm like no no no, it's a guy's last name but it's too late at that point so yeah the land of silence and darkness
2: is that about the border between north and south korea
1: good guess not even close
2: Mm.
0: land of silence and darkness is that about what happens to our brains when we're asleep
1: Ooh, another good guess. I wish I could give either of your points, but you're nowhere close. Uh, that, is our, <laughs> that is our old friend, Werner Herzog, and it is about the life of Feeni Straubinger, who is a woman who lived most of her life deaf and blind.
0: Ah, okay.
1: The Aristocrats.
0: Oh, well, that's about that joke.
1: <laughs> Fry got that one. Yeah. The Aristocrats yeah. is about the joke. How about Hands on a Hard Body? Is it about mannequins? Ooh, how fascinating.
0: So no, it's not about mannequins.
1: Not about mannequins, uh, but like if you get you know in the ballpark, I'm going to give it to you. Like you don't have to be completely uh, right.
0: I have decided to guess it's about vintage classic cars.
1: You know, I think I have to oh, give Fry yeah. a point for that one because really? it is about an endurance challenge to win a truck... By placing your hands on it.
2: Hey, oh, all right. That one. Okay. okay.
1: The last person left standing with their hand on the truck wins the truck. All right. How about Big River Man? Is it about noodling the fishing with the fingers? Okay. God damn, <laughs> it's a weird
0: one. I'm going to guess it is actually the a documentary about ancient Egypt and that was the literal translation of the title of pharaoh.
1: Ah, oh, damn. <laughs> I wish I could god. give you points on that one, but it is very literal. It covers Martin Strell and his journey to swim the entire Amazon River.
2: All right. That's, okay. That's a very
1: stupid task. Okay. Tickled.
0: Oh god, it's going to be about Black Friday the year Tickle Me elbow came out.
1: <laughs> okay.
2: I was going to guess that it was about, like, to- I was also thinking Tickle Me Elmo, but I was going <laughs> to guess, like, toys in general.
1: Oh, damn. Uh, boys, that is about competitive, endurance, tickling, and the videos that feature it.
0: Why is this not an <laughs> Olympic sport? I would tune in for this. Well, you Have you guys work heard work about
1: the pillow time. fights? Well, you need to watch this documentary because it goes very strange places. Have
2: you guys heard about the pillow fights? It's like UFC, but with pillows?
1: That I'm sounds not brutal.
0: I don't know. That might be a little too brutal, but I would definitely give it a try.
2: No, I mean, it's less brutal than the UFC. They, they're hitting, <laughs> you're only allowed to hit them with a pillow, and yeah, there's no books in the pillows. Most
0: car accidents are less brutal than the UFC, but that doesn't mean I want to be involved in them.
1: I don't know, like, if I I hit one of you with a pillow, it's going to be like a kiss from your sweetie on a soft summer day. And if you hit (laughs) me with a pillow, it's going to kill me.
2: (laughs) Well, yeah, but they have weight classes and stuff. Also, Fry, car accidents don't have referees, so I think you might be wrong. Uh,
0: Fights don't have seatbelts and airbags, so... (laughs) Fights
2: are consensual in the UFC. Some car wrecks are also consensual. That is extremely small percentage of car wrecks.
1: Chuck Palahniuk had a novel about consensual car wrecks. It was called Rant. <laughs> well, <laughs> Dying at Grace. Is that about Graceland? Elvis's is... No, not even no? close. Mm. Okay.
0: That was also where my mind uh, went to first. Mm. Uh, I'm going to say that Dying at Grace is about... An, Older Catholic woman whose life dream was to die within the Holy City. <laughs>
1: <laughs> that's that's, not a is, bad that's a hell of a pitch, that is. This one is about a hospital, and it follows the last days of five patients' lives up until the moment they die.
0: Oh, well, that wow. sounds
2: really sad. How about
1: Behind the Curve?
0: Why did I think that was a soccer one?
2: No it is not no, I'm sorry, well behind the curve you said
1: behind the curve
2: I think oh so. it's it's about schools and like uh test scores,
1: oh my gracious, no, 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 it is about flat earthers <laughs> oh God damn.
2: So, no it, no it is about a, no, it is about education in the sense that they never received a proper one no, that's stretching it
0: oh but but also, please teach our children the earth, the earth.
1: <laughs> uh. My favorite argument against flat-eartherism was the one from Capitalism, where it's like, <laughs> because there would be so many hotels at the edge.
2: Yeah, for sure.
1: Restaurants, you, you could bungee jump off of it, you know. How about, oh, this is a, I, I'll be lenient with this one. How about The Imposter? The Imposter, you say?
0: Well, that could is this only, about a, It could only be anything. <laughs> is this about a spy
1: during World War II? Not even close. Hmm.
0: Is this about someone completely unqualified who gets a job in a highly complicated
1: field? Ooh, that's a oh. good guess. Fry, right. you're like pitching good movies here. Yeah. Like, yeah. Like like, <laughs> no, The Imposter is about a, a 13-year-old boy who goes missing in Texas, and then three years later,
0: oh, he yes.
1: turns oh. up in Spain and alive. However, it's told from the perspective of the man who's clearly the imposter.
2: Right.
0: Yeah, no, that story is wild.
1: Alright, two more. Finders Keepers.
0: Oh, that
2: actually sounds kind of familiar.
0: I'm going to say it's about the uh, patriotic, quote-unquote, group, the Oath Keepers.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I'm going to say it is Something to do with stealing
1: ancient relics. You know, okay, I'm going to give James a point on that one. (laughs) But only because he got stealing and relics. And so I'm going to stick with that. Because the true plot of Finders Keepers is about two men who are having a very long-running argument. And the argument is over a mummy's leg. Okay? (laughs) one of the men inherited the leg when he bought a storage container and the leg was in it right sure the other guy is the former owner of the leg
2: so none of them are having a just argument we should return it to the land whence it came they're just fighting over this thing
1: i think you need to take my description of that a little bit more literally Wait, what do you mean the, the oh, previous owner of the leg? The mummified <laughs> leg
2: was attached to Belongs the Belonged
1: to the other man. Oh. Ah, <laughs> I think. Well, then you're leg. Being very
2: generous in giving me the point, and I thank you.
1: It was amputated.
2: Why would you want to keep that? Just give it back. Ew. <laughs> what do you mean? Finders It was keepers. yours your whole life.
0: Why would you want to lose? Why, like, definitely keep it?
2: No, no, no. I'm saying the guy who found it in the storage bin, if, if I found a mummified leg and someone got to me before I burned it to dust... And said, hey, that's mine. I'd be like, you can take it. I'm not fucking touching it.
1: The crux of the guy's argument is he thinks it'll make him famous. Like he can use it as a roadside attraction or something. Yeah.
2: You can make a fake mummified leg roadside attraction. I mean, you sow a fish to a monkey. I mean, there's lots of ways to make roadside attractions.
0: Yeah, but one of them is to already own a mummified leg. I, <laughs> I, I see it. I totally get it.
1: <laughs> Come see Bill's I, leg. Your are question. Reprehensible human being. Three Identical Strangers. It's called Three Identical Strangers. Okay.
0: Uh, this feels too easy. Triplets separated at birth? That was
2: kind of going to be my guess, but I guess I'll go for something else now. No, I mean, it, yeah, I was, that was
1: going to be my... <laughs>
2: well... I don't know what else to guess. I'll right, triplets, yeah.
1: I got to it first because that is exactly what that is. That is triplets oh, separated at okay. birth. So, buttons. Well, that is three to Fry and one to James. So that is this one's hard. 23, James, It was, it was a neat concept, though. I like this one. It was more for the banter than anything it else. It gave us a
0: real opportunity to be uh, creative with these ideas.
2: <laughs> so. Yeah, what do we have today, gentlemen?
1: We were tasked with finding a documentary, and I had no idea if this was going to be any good or not, because documentaries for me are a... Big old mixed bag, but tell him, Fry, why you need to watch Trust No One, The Hunt for the Crypto King. Oh, God. 2022.
0: You may have actually heard some of this story in some of the online media when this was happening, but I certainly didn't know all the details of this (laughs) amazing (laughs) affair. Okay. So... We start in around 2014. People were excited about the Bitcoins. Uh, I don't think anyone had yet (laughs) figured out that it was going to turn our planet into like a smoky rock way faster than anything else we were doing. (laughs) No one had yet seriously worried about the problem that it takes 17 minutes to confirm a transaction. You know, it it seemed like it was going to be a good thing. So I had to get some jokes in at Bitcoin's expense to start
1: this off. This whole yeah. if, if this whole episode is not dunking on Bitcoin and NFTs and Ethereum and all of the people who trade in those things. <laughs>
2: yeah. I should probably state that I have at some point in the past owned a small amount of cryptocurrency, but I got rid of it.
1: There are people who know a lot about crypto and there are people who are good at eating pussy. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Well, congratulations. If you listen to this episode, you'll know which side you've (laughs) been. So it starts around 2014, and we meet a couple people who were part of this Vancouver Bitcoin co-op, which, (laughs) as best I can tell, was just like a bunch of dudes who liked to talk about crypto with each other. When you said
2: Vancouver Bitcoin co-op, that is precisely what I was picturing. A bunch of dudes. Possibly wearing fedoras.
1: So many fedoras. Oh my god! It is it, the the per capita on fedora counts. It's like one <laughs> point <Yep>. one.
0: <laughs> that one guy had two. Yeah. Steve really throws it off by wearing five, though. I don't think we should continue. <laughs> He's an outlier. Shut up. <laughs> He's representative of the whole. And, and one, so by all the.
1: No, oh, go ahead. No, no just, I was just going to yell about how there's a guy in a fox mask too, but... You
0: know. <laughs> <laughs> we we, we got to get there. We got to work our way up to that. Wait, Fry, is it a Firefox
2: mask?
0: No, no, it's not that funny at all. Oh. It's just a regular kind of, kind of fox mask. It's I think fine. The Firefox, It's serviceable.
2: I think the Firefox fox is kind of cute.
0: This was like kind of keep, like a like polygonal, a like papercraft one. Like, it wasn't furry. Oh. It was just like, if Star Fox was talking to you about Bitcoin.
2: Something about that sentence just made my fists, like, ball up really hard. Yeah, <laughs> like, no, I didn't continue. like the way that
0: felt. Saying. <laughs> it's probably going to be a lot of that tonight. I <laughs> imagine. Um, <laughs> I reckon. So, uh, we've got this Bitcoin co op. By all accounts, these people. They're just a bunch of friends talking about Bitcoin. They're none of them are particularly, you know, evil mastermindy. They're all just a bunch of nerds really into this one thing, and figured out that if they talk about it with other people who are into this one thing, they can talk about it more. And so they they come along, and apparently at the time, I'm not doing any research on this claim, but this claim was made in the documentary. It was <laughs> quite difficult to buy Bitcoin in Canada. Ah, And there was not like an official exchange operating within the country. And so you had to do all this sort of bullshit of like transfer your money to the U.S. and buy it over there and you eat some fees Ah, along the way.
1: That has changed in the intervening years.
0: I would definitely imagine so. But the first company to try to change this was called Quadriga. It was founded by one of the fellows from this co-op who just... He seems like a sweet nerd. Like, it, it, from the from the imi- initial way you see him, he's like, yeah, he's going to talk your ear off about Bitcoin all night. But he also has other, he likes to fly drones and set things on fire for YouTube. He's just like a dork. He's just No, he's you, just said,
2: guy. you said sweet nerd, not that. I guy. was going to say, <laughs> you
1: started quotes. describing a sweet nerd and then went on to describe Sid from Toy Story.
0: Yeah, yeah. You kind of made him yeah, sound like somewhere a total in between. He's somewhere in between those two ideas.
1: The, this guy just looks like a dope. I mean, he, he yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he looks like someone who really wants to talk about Pokemon with you.
2: So he looks harmless, is yes. what you're saying.
1: Absolutely. Okay. Although, yeah. although we have just spoiled everything by saying looks like.
0: Well, the, I, I mean,
2: mean, I mean, going in the title, we all knew yeah. we're we're gonna play yeah. along and go. I want to go on this journey with both.
0: Yeah, it, so. it, even the the documentary is like we're showing you this so that you'll understand later on. Like you, you, yes. it's, it's called The Hunt for the Crypto King, not Nice John. We yet, love the Crypto King. The
1: <laughs> God <laughs> bless that lovable, sweet Dobie Crypto King.
2: The Hunt for the Crypto king. He's so sweet <laughs> with his gumdrop
0: shoes. He saved us all from fiat currency in Texas. <laughs> oh, God. Unregulated so starts, central
1: bank. Anyway, he's,
0: so he starts up Quadriga, and in the first couple of years, he's he's doing a few million dollars in in business. He's got a, you know enough clients that he's able to like put in like Bitcoin ATMs in, in a couple places in Vancouver. Oh,
2: so he's he's running like exchanges and stuff for. So yeah, he's running be, like an exchange.
0: Oh, okay,
1: okay. Yeah, Quadriga is the exchange.
2: So yeah. he, he, this didn't start with, like, a, like a, I thought we were going right to pump and dump schemes. That's where I thought we were oh, headed. no, no. This,
0: this is not about pump and dump schemes. This is all about exit scams. Ah, okay. So we go along, and the you know, kind of the first thing we see is the company is growing. A lot of more people are joining. He's getting a lot of fame and popularity and, like, getting interviewed in all these Bitcoin-friendly tech places. Right, and right. the money just keeps coming in. Like Bitcoin just keeps going up and up and up. And they, they talk about in, in 17 when the price rose, you know, 200% or whatever crazy amount it was. Yeah,
2: yeah, it was nuts.
0: And he just starts like living the life. Like he is flying everywhere constantly. Like every day his secretary tries to contact him, he's in a different place. And he's like, <laughs> yeah, no, I've. I guess I do all my work from my laptop and I'm I'm here now and I'm here. And I would imagine
2: it. a business like that kinda runs itself. I mean except for the employees and stuff, but
0: what one would think. And he in fact, kinda now. did. <laughs> he bought a boat and then he bought a plane to get to his boat and you know, all all the things you do when money just completely stops having any meaning for you. Yeah. So things are going great. And then oops, Bitcoin crashed. Oops. And, Oopsie and, daisy. And you know what happens when a security goes down? Yes, I'm technically making a controversial point by calling it a security, but it is. So anyway. <laughs> you, you know what happens? People want to cash out of that security and back into something more stable like money. They, people
2: so they, are... Uh, I was going to say people behave rationally and that's why markets are
0: always stable. Well, <laughs> the the rational choice here is to get your money out of this wildly fluctuating insane internet program that you for some reason dumped thousands of dollars into <laughs> this is gonna be my retirement so against the backdrop of this we're introduced to a few of the characters who will make up the investigative portion of this yes. one of them is a, a software engineer and look this the shit that happened to him this does suck i feel bad for what happened to him even though i'm about to make fun of his choices that got him here <laughs> He, he's a software engineer. He's working in San Francisco. He has his own apartment and, all, and you know, a nice, nice place there. And, it's, mm-hmm. you know, it's expensive to have your own apartment in San Francisco. And he's like, oh, man, I guess I really don't want to work anymore. So this Bitcoin thing is really, really taken off. And uh-huh. so he takes out $85,000 in unsecured loans from the bank. And he... <laughs> Turns around and puts all of that into his Quadriga account. He,
2: well, hold on a sec. Wait, what? He took out $85,000 in loans. Yes. And
0: put it into the crypto. Put it not just in the crypto, but specifically into this exchange.
1: He just took $85,000 in bank loans and bet it on a horse. Yeah. yeah.
2: Well, Th- is, that's it, not, is
0: that even legal? It's legal, it's just not smart. I guess it is.
1: But the good news was there weren't even regulation laws behind it at the time, so, yeah. Yeah. Uh,
0: And in this case, it's not even so much that he put it on a horse, it's that Uh. (laughs) a guy with a really good website told him, if you give me me your money, I'll put it on a horse for you. (laughs) (laughs) And so you can maybe start to see the difference between what he thought was happening. So even if he he lost
2: no value, he'd still be out from the fees
0: well yeah well maybe i don't know mr cotton's got to feed that boat
1: somehow if it was totally
2: stable he would still be out from whatever fees that there were well and
0: he's got to pay the interest on the loans as well so he's he's expecting this to go way up way up. and he he puts all this in
2: i like um, how he didn't start with five grand to be like maybe i'll stop working (laughs) next year like he didn't even dip his toe and he was just like all
0: in Look, if it's a good idea, it's a good idea to go big on, right? In for a yeah. penny, in for a pound. <laughs> oh my god! Yeah.
1: Or eighty-five thousand. So oh. he does
0: this right as the market is is near its peak, which is always the best time to. Yeah, I mean, you know, no one can know it's at its peak until afterwards. But <laughs> <laughs> yeah, is
2: it is it that the is it that the thing,
0: huh? But it had been going up so long, it can only go up from here. And so, so that eighty five thousand dollars turned into like a buck seventy five, real quick. Yeah, and so he's like, "Oh shit! Well, now I've got eighty five thousand dollars in loans to pay off with practically none of the the money left to pay it back with."
2: Time to change your name.
0: <laughs> oh no, they banks don't like that. They'll find you. Uh, he's like, "All right, well." This lifestyle I'm living here in San Francisco with the new debts I have, I really can't do it. I've got to I've reduce my expenses so that I can live a life where I can pay these debts back and then get back on my feet. So it's amazing
2: a, to think about how he could have done that before and he just would have, like, had extra money.
0: Don't think no, too hard. No, no. Didn't think, didn't think about that then.
2: <laughs> no, I know. I'm just trying to identify... <laughs>
1: I want you to picture the cast of characters that are interviewed in this crypto <laughs> documentary, I
0: and mean, I, I want you okay. to tell
1: me how many women appear in this cast of characters as people who lost a fuck ton of money betting it on digital apes.
2: Oh, none. Ding, we, we have ding, a winner. Ding. Yeah, no.
1: I, I love yeah. this. Was a man who was a software engineer. He could put on pants and drive himself to work like a big boy. And if he's a software engineer, he presumably knows cause and effect. And if-then statements. And, you know, it just didn't translate into the real world. I love that men are, we are just fucking cartoons.
0: (laughs) And and really, we haven't even gotten to his worst decision in this movie yet. No that's, that's the best part here. Oh, this is, oh this is just this to is, kick everything off. This is just this is him making what will later seem like reasonable choices. <laughs> oh God. Because he decides he's he's gotta he's gotta move somewhere and he decides he's gonna move to Canada. And he finds oh, yeah. this town he's gonna live in up there. And he's like, Well, I gotta you know, liquidate all of my assets here so I'm not moving, like, a bunch of extra stuff up and then i got to transfer my money into Canadian dollars and set up a bank account up there. Oh, but then there's going to be all these taxes and fees for moving the, the money from one country to another. I know. I will take... <laughs> well, well, no, hold on. <laughs> I know. I know the answer to this problem. I wa- Uh-oh. I want to bear in mind, they don't do the math for you in the in the movie... Because it comes out to be so absurd. But he does point out (laughs) that he's talking about moving $400,000 worth of U.S. cash and paying a 2% tax on that. The math on that means he was going to pay $8,000 on his 400K, leaving him with $392,000.
2: Yeah, I I don't understand. Okay, hold on a second. I have a question. Why Canada? Why didn't he just move to a cheaper place in the US and he wouldn't have to worry about that, right? As we there said, no not good decisions
0: out of this boy.
2: There are cheaper places than San Francisco, I can guarantee you.
0: Yeah, but do you want to live in any of them? No, you got to go to Canada. Okay. It sucks <laughs> up the, here. The the answer to that question is this is unexplored in the in the documentary. But oh, yes, it would have avoided this whole thing and he never would have had to star in a movie.
1: <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> Deliver that you say punch start line. a
2: movie, but that ain't quite <laughs> how he sees it, I
0: bet. Right, what does oh, he do no, with his
1: $400,000?
0: So he takes that $400,000, he puts all of it into his Quadrico account. Wait, into the... crypto? That just lost the money? And with his plan, see, he's a smart one. No, Two he's things are going dem- on.
2: demonstrably he's bad with
0: money. He's using Quadriga as an exchange so he's just going to buy crypto with US dollars and then immediately sell that crypto for Canadian dollars and boom, now I have my Canadian dollars. Oh. But also Quadriga was apparently offering some sort of deal to get new customers to sign up so he was actually going to make money on all of this. Just, I just want you to just imagine the scene late at night. He's He's on his computer. He thinks he's finally found the solution to this problem. He's Liquidated almost everything in his life, and he's ready to uproot and move. Wait, and I have
2: a question. So he has. I was setting full, a whole
0: scene there. Yeah, yeah, I know. I'm sorry,
2: but this there's
0: this, really there's threw, so many threw a questions. brick in front of my tra- my car. There, I'm very
2: sorry, but this is important. He's in debt for eighty k, right? Yes, he has four hundred thousand dollars.
1: Oh, yes. you're thinking way too... No, don't come to this us is with a solutions. This This man has answers. He, he's this got the This is a solvable
0: answers. problem. You're right. He you can put all the money into crypto and then flee to Canada, and no one will ever know. <laughs> okay, please continue. I'm sorry. Like it's basically, his plan was to do two things on the... you know, Just immediately put the money in and immediately right, take right. the money out. So your exposure to volatility is, is very low during that. The problem is that assumes that everything is on the level and that no one involved in crypto is trying to scam you. And, that is true. Oh, that just stopped being a thing you could assume, and no one told him that. Whoops! Uh-oh. So he, he puts in his four hundred k, and then he puts in his withdrawal request for his four hundred k in Canadian, and the system is just like, "Please wait while we fulfill your your order," and it just keeps saying that for. Roughly two and a half months, I think.
2: Oh my god.
0: So, all of his assets, all of his money, are now sitting behind a progress bar on a website. (laughs) A progress bar which is (laughs) never, (laughs) ever going to
1: fill.
2: It's tragic, but it's also really goddamn funny. It's
1: like this. Well, you think that's funny? Wait till Fry tells you what happens while that progress bar is moving slowly upwards.
2: (laughs) Wait, so you put your money. In the computer?
0: (laughs) Anyway. Sure did.
1: The files are in the computer?
0: The files are in the computer? Wow. So he remembers the day something finally happened, as much of the rest of the people we see in this story will as well. January 14th, a little story comes over the news that the founder of Quadrica has died in India. And... Oops. Oh, he was the only one with the passwords to the wallets. <laughs> I, oh, I remember this. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, sorry. The, all your matter. money is gone in the head of a dead man, and there's no way to get it back. <laughs> and, sorry. Mm. It is worth noting that for a little while after this, Quadrico was still accepting new signups. <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic. <laughs> I, just, I love that. Ask. You know, like, well, you can still deposit with us. Sure, that works fine.
2: You can Uh, definitely put money into this if you want to.
0: Yeah. Our CEO's dead and we don't know where all the money is. But, uh, you know, come on, give us some more. This makes a lot of people very unhappy. (laughs) And and as is what to happen when there's a large group of disconnected but similarly unhappy people across the Internet, they find their way to each other. And on a, Telegram. A, and a Telegram channel is formed. And then wouldn't you know it, before long, this is it's practically like watching QAnon play out three years earlier and slightly more politely, is that this guy who just called himself QCXInt joins the channel, and he, he has this like fox head icon, and he doesn't tell anyone his real name. And then he, he appears in the, uh, the show, in the movie, but he wears the fox head the whole time. He has this voice modulator going. He's and this is the most uncool worried.
1: guy you've ever seen. This would be like me trying to look like a Bond villain. He like he doesn't <laughs> yeah. know how to wear his shirt properly, and like he's got this dumpy oh, gut boy. and wearing a fox head. And sir, you are I, I don't know why you think you're Hugh Jackman from Swordfish, but shut up.
2: <laughs> I am the fox. You will do everything I say.
0: <laughs> so, so one thing leads to another, and before long, you get a channel of people who are angry and frustrated. Soon they whip themselves into a frenzy, and they figure out, well, he must not really be dead. He must have somehow stolen the money, and we need to find out where it is and what really happened. we are the only ones who can solve this.
2: I mean, I, the part about he must have stolen the money, I'm with them on that. The rest of this is
0: like, just involve the authorities. Don't, don't well, do and, this yourself.
1: And I'm wondering how much further Fry is going to go, because then shit starts getting weird.
0: Yeah, so this is actually where things really start getting interesting. So they start looking into mm. the details of his death. And there's all these like weird little things. So first of all, he's a 30-year-old 100 millionaire at least. Yeah. They don't typically die unexpectedly when you have access to that much money and therefore the best health care the world could possibly provide.
2: That is true. It's much less likely.
0: They especially rarely die unexpectedly of Crohn's disease, a disease which is not usually fatal.
2: (laughs) Just diarrhea's you. I was going to say, that's fairly treatable, right? Like, it's not curable, but...
0: I, as I understand it, it really sucks to have and oh, yeah, having an attack sure. of I'm it is no-, no good, but usually <laughs> <We're> not, <laughs> not life threatening.
2: Yeah, no, we're we're not now, trying to call out people with Crohn's disease.
0: That's shitty.
1: At this point, I want to call an audible, Fry. How many more twists would you estimate are in this story?
0: Oh God, three, <laughs> four, maybe something like that.
1: <laughs> as to as to just what happens, because I don't. I, I want to leave some mystique.
0: Yeah. yeah. So I'm going, to, I'm going to talk kind of part of the way through this part of the investigation and set you up for some of the other twists. And if you're interested, okay. we'll leave it there. Okay. So these people who now have changed themselves to the, the Quadriga Conspiracy channel, they go all in on investigating what could have happened. They go all in on who is his wife. Apparently, there's this mysterious thing where none of his coworkers knew he was married. I have a question. Yes.
2: I may have missed this earlier, so the person with the fox icon in the chat,
0: yeah, their
2: username was Quadriga. Or where did this name? No, came?
0: the the company's name is Quadriga CX.
2: Oh, oh, right, right, right. Sorry, I and forgot. So Please continue. The
0: guy in the chat was his nickname was a shortening of Quadriga Intelligence, so he's an intelligence person investigating Quadriga. So it's
2: very much like Q, then. Okay,
0: gotcha. Yeah, no, it feels it feels like if. You know, sometimes two movies or two movie studios will make very similar movies because one heard that one was doing it, and the other wants to try to get on the tailwinds of that. It feels like QAnon and this conspiracy were based on the same like plot that someone optioned and just went very different directions,
2: like Jurassic Hunt.
0: Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) It's called a monster. So we start investigating the wife and how weird it is that none of. None of his partners or co-workers at Quadriga knew that he was even married. He apparently didn't talk about that at work. But also, bear in mind, he spent a lot of the last couple of years flying around places and working remotely constantly. It's easy to not know someone's, not, uh, someone's married when you don't ever share space with them physically. I went to
2: Austria and took a wife. So she you, is very kind.
0: So you start being able to have, like, these... I can kind of see what you're saying, that it's weird, but, like... Maybe there's a reasonable explanation for it. There's, uh, we, we have some interviews with her sister during this. Uh, she, yeah. didn, she wasn't part of this, but her sister was. Mm. And her sister kind of has a weird demeanor through some of the first interviews. Partially, I suspect, because it's very awkward to be interviewed about your sister's dead husband. <laughs> uh, especially given the amount of media and internet stalker attention all of this has gotten. She definitely seems like she's not being very forthcoming in some of the early discussions. I think perhaps it was edited that way to make it seem like that, but...
2: Well, they, anytime you do a documentary, you have an agenda, right? You have a story certainly. you want to tell, and it's... Yeah,
0: yeah. If the second act immediately starts with an interview with the sister saying, yep, I'm perfectly believable and he didn't do it, well, it's, it's going to be hard to keep going with the rest of your movie, or you're totally going to have to change directions. <laughs> yes. The families apparently didn't get along. There was a whole weird thing about how the wife had this big party when he died, and his family was kicked out of their house after or midway during the night of the of the funeral. So it's a lot of like yeah, like weird stuff going on. But they also have explanations. They're like, oh well, we're Irish. We had an Irish wake. It's supposed to be loud and with a lot of drinking and stuff. We we uh-huh. celebrate that and. His family just didn't share that same culture and weren't comfortable being around that. So they asked us to stop and we asked them to leave because it's our house. For what it's worth,
2: on our limited reach, I would just like to ask all Americans whose grandfathers and grandmothers were here already and not from Ireland. Shut up. You're not Irish. (laughs) You're just not. I'm sorry. I know you drink on St. Paddy's Day. So does fucking everybody. Just because you're an alcoholic does not mean you're Irish, and I think it's shitty to. Anyway, please continue.
1: And these people are about as Irish as the fucking queen. Well, yeah, I figured.
2: But my point is like. She in peace. Oh, yeah, that's right. She just passed.
1: This is a tweet from Gaming Disorder Pog. Please be respectful when talking about the queen. She was a head of state, a monarch, a mother to multiple pedophiles. And most importantly, <laughs> a devoted cousin to her husband.
2: <laughs> uh, well, uh, all I can say is I didn't say that. So
0: <laughs> We're going through a bunch of the weird things about, uh, about this death. Yes. And we wind up getting some reporters involved from, uh, what was it, the, the Toronto Star? Some reporters from a big newspaper in Toronto. And they get, investi- they get interested in the case and start investigating it because yes. it's a fucking weird case. There's a story there. Whatever happens, there's going to be a good story here in investigating this. So we wind up with a little bit of juxtaposition between the reporters doing journalism investigations <laughs> and the internet people doing internet, internet people investigation. investigations. <laughs> which are run a little bit differently and have a slightly different standard of evidence. <laughs>
1: gotta be honest i like the internet investigations
0: (laughs) they certainly are really good at finding witches to hunt (laughs) i bet at this point
1: watch the movie
0: i think you've got an idea so so at this point in the movie we've got a mysterious death hundreds of millions in dollars seemingly locked up and accessible forever
2: fry if Uh, i can tell you this right now you're selling it way too hard i'm interested
0: I know, I guess I liked it a lot, so I'm enjoying selling it. Yeah,
2: yeah. yeah. Well, we'll we'll have a good long talk about it next time, potentially. Is there anything you want to say before we move on?
0: I didn't expect the part
2: where he time travels.
0: Yeah, that was pretty cool.
2: (laughs) Damn it, you know I hate time travel. Russ... Would you philosophize us about these uh, horrible people?
1: (laughs) Yuval Nora Hariri describes the power of the dollar, quoting, "'Money is probably the most successful fiction ever invented by humans. Not all people believe in God or human rights or in the United States of America, but everybody believes in money, and everybody Mm. believes in the dollar bill. Even Osama bin Laden, he hated American religion, American politics, and American culture.'" But he liked American dollars. (laughs) Well, for money, of course, to work, it has to be three things. It has to be a medium of exchange, it has to be a unit of account, and it has to be a store of value. And we'll go into that in just a second. And for crypto, Ada G. Idell, writing for Medium, has a pretty good working definition. Cryptocurrency is an inherently philosophical topic because it deals with the philosophy of finance. The whole point of crypto is to eliminate the need for a third party to validate transactions and money. This is an idea that is firmly rooted in anarchist philosophy. The idea is that if people are free to do whatever they want with their money, and the money is free from central manipulation, the people will make better choices. Let's go back to crypto and those three things. Medium of exchange is defined as the capacity of an item to expedite trade between a buyer and seller. Mm. What's our key word here, boys? Trade. Expedite. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I thought we were guessing. Crypto fails hilariously because it makes trade more complicated, and half the market has, is guys with XX underscore XX in their names. As far sixty nine four twenty unit of account, the capacity of an item to function as a numerical monetary unit and act as a universal measure. Okay, crypto is closest here. It's mm. far from universal, like as far as acceptability goes, but it's. Serves that purpose. You can have an account
0: denominated in crypto dollars. Yes. Yes.
1: And finally, a store of value. The capacity of an item to retain purchasing power into the future and capacity to be saved with a predictable variance over long
2: periods.
1: (laughs) Oh, it doesn't do that. I will allow you to laugh at that. (laughs) And the cool part is, we even got to see this in real time, because I don't know if y'all recall, but Nayib Bukele, the president of El Salvador, about a year ago, made Bitcoin an official national currency.
2: Oh, yeah, yeah, I remember that.
1: And then right after he did that, the price crashed again. Yeah. They asked central bank chief of El Salvador carlos acevedo about this and here's a wonderful quote no one really talks about bitcoin here anymore it's been forgotten i don't know if you'd call it a failure but it wasn't a success
2: <laughs> what a politician he answered
1: However, Michael McDonald, for fortune, has a much better take. Most Salvadorans just didn't put any money into Bitcoin, saving many from the bear market. The same can't be said of the government, which started purchasing Bitcoin last year in the run-up to its launch as its legal tender and has continued to add to its stockpile, conspicuously buying the dip during periods when Bitcoin (laughs) declined. The result? It's just sitting on its losses. And if you look it up, El Salvador currently owns 2,381 Bitcoin.
0: When that goes to the moon, they're going to be the richest country on earth. This (laughs) is true.
1: Those Bitcoin were bought with public funds and are currently Mm. worth about $47.2 The government paid twice that. The rollout also cost $375 million, including $150 million in just backing the currency. So... So far, they've paid a lot for absolutely nothing. Now, that's Bitcoin as payment. That narrative has kind of fallen through, right? Like, now Bitcoin is an investment. It's something you do, like, just like with the stock market, which is really funny to me. It, I still haven't got that image out of my head where it's like, Honey, rather than buying a house which has use, I've bought this JPEG of a gorilla smoking a joint. <laughs> Our future is written <laughs> in stone. <laughs>
2: by the way i
1: love russ i love
2: how much you hate nfts it's so funny to listen to you talk about
1: i also hate the artemis project let's talk about how they spent 45 (laughs) billion dollars to make a roman candle i can't wait till that thing launches because i can't wait to watch the fireball 85 times on youtube anywho I'm also, I should add, not saying that fiat currencies are, God forbid, the gold standard, the libertarian's dream, uh, (laughs) are any better, but at least the dollar has some regulation behind it. And all this means nothing. People are stupid, and they've bought snake oil in the past, and they're going to buy it in the future, and people have played the stock market in the past, and gone to casinos, and won money, and more often they've lost money, and they're always going to do that too. And I want to close with two quotes. Both are from 1995... Both are from Newsweek, and both are from Clifford Stoll, writing about the internet. We're promised instant catalog shopping, just point and click for great deals. We'll order airline tickets over the network, and make restaurant reservations, and negotiate contracts. Stores will become obsolete, so how come my local mall does more business in an afternoon than the entire internet handles in a month? Even even if there were a trustworthy way to send money over the internet, which there isn't, the network is missing a most essential ingredient of capitalism, salespeople. Ouch, Clifford. I I
0: love when people are wrong in writing so badly. Like, it's the best, like, I mean, sure. You know what? At that time, he probably didn't know any better. It was easy to be thinking, you know, the internet's not going to change anything more than the fax machine did, but God, I'm so glad he wrote it down for us to read. Read 20 years later, 30, 40 years later.
1: <laughs> I will also read from the same article another thing he wrote. And it is what internet hucksters won't tell you is that the internet is one big ocean of unedited data. Without any pretense of completeness, lacking editors, reviewers, or critics, the internet has become a wasteland of unfiltered data. You don't know what to ignore and what's worth reading. <laughs> because remember, even a stock clock is right twice a day. As with all else, time will tell.
2: Fascinating, fascinating, fascinating. I just want to jump in
0: there with one quick thing, uh, hmm. just because I really like this. Yes. You're, I think all the things you use to describe the essential functions of money also applies reasonably well to gold in World of Warcraft. And that really shows <laughs> you how serious this whole thing is. You can buy gold with Bitcoin. You could do that. <laughs> yes, you can. Okay, you, you know what? Put your life savings into it. It's a good investment. Okay. that be great? We're not great? going to talk
1: about World of Warcraft. I want That's to meet the. the someone game. has done that. They've dropped four hundred thousand into yeah. Warcraft Gold just to like spin that market. Yeah, no,
2: not going to talk about that. Yeah, I'm definitely going to watch this. This sounds like a lot of fun. This sounds like light reading. Like you, you ever have books that you know you just you know you consume like popcorn? That's what this sounds it's like. It's very me. light. I'm reading. just going to be smirking hideously to myself the whole time and busting out laughing at these people. Mm-hmm. As Russ said, time will tell. But right now, it's a fucking scam. And I believe this actually, this particular incident that they're referring to in this documentary, this was before the age of the pump and dump, which we are seeing more recently where it's just it's like every week it's like oh they stole someone's money again like it's happening constantly it, so it
0: was before the age of the pump and dump but it was well in the age of let's make a fake fake exchange and run an exit scam when people give yes us
2: money. yes yes that is true this is not the only example uh, and when i say pump and dump, i mean specifically about crypto obviously people have been doing that with stocks for a very long time and it's not a new trick yeah i'll watch this it sounds like fun guys Do either of you have any recommendations for the listeners?
1: Right, us.
0: I do. I I watched a movie I really enjoyed last night. I I don't think it's going to be one for this podcast, in part because you've banned romance movies uh, for (laughs) six months. Six months, yes. And this was actually quite a good romance movie. It is a Korean Netflix movie called Love and Leashes. And Ah. it follows an adorable couple... Who have like an office relationship because one of them accidentally finds a very nicely made personalized dog collar that a guy had ordered for himself. And (laughs) she winds up seeing it instead. One thing leads to another through the, the usual romance comedy misunderstanding sort of thing. Where she's like, hey, you know what? I'm actually a little curious about this. And and starts deciding to dip her toes into the, the BDSM waters. But here's the thing. And oh, yeah, really, you know the usual
2: stuff. The usual found stuff.
0: is his collar. Here's the thing I really like about this movie. Mm. It really, as much as just a, a romantic comedy style movie can do, showed BDSM in a positive light. It showed safe and like good advice around uh, BDSM relationships and practices. It even gave examples of some of the negative sides of that community and what to watch out for. And it did all this while still being an entertaining movie in and of itself. And I was like, that's actually a pretty impressive feat. All right. In that case, let's spin the wheel. Let us spin the wheel. Let us
2: Take documentaries wheel. and romance off of it and foreign because that's not a fucking category. Classic,
1: yeah, yeah. I kind of, I get, kind of eschew these something. things, but yeah, that's that that that'd be a nice refresher. All
2: right. All right, I have a request. Either can this movie be somewhat obscure if it's an American film or not an American film?
1: Oh, it'll be obscure. Okay, perfect. Yeah. I, I have
0: faith that we'll find a good one here. And
1: I'm thinking excellent.
0: pre-1950. Oh, okay. excellent.
2: So back to my childhood. Perfect. All right. Well, that's that's all for us. We're, we're drifting away. Wait, how do we sign up? Oh, yeah. I remember. <laughs> we're uh, drifting. About bleach, oh, my
1: right? God. Can it be we're
0: drifting
2: away? <laughs> and
0: then the music plays.
2: Yeah, no. Let's, not, let's do it properly. Thank you, everyone, for listening to Hey James. Watch this. Have a great day. And don't drink bleach.